I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. We are recording in our bathing suits outside in the sunshine. In your backyard. In my backyard. We've been actually recording all day. We recorded two podcasts with guests. One of... Really juicy podcasts. Very juicy. Both of them are really, really informative, but really delicious. Yeah, it was It was definitely a, a juicy day of podcasting, but we were inside. And it was hot and sweaty in my little place. And we were like, let's get outside in our bathing suits and record the intro. And you might hear some chimes or a dog bark or a car drive by and deal with it. And deal with it. Would this be one of those good episodes to film? Maybe? Probably. Uh, maybe we'll... Well, we don't have time at the moment. Here comes my dog. Uh, do we have any listeners out there uh, on the East Coast? I think we do. Yeah. Because we are coming to you, East Coasters. If you are in New York City, Brooklyn, perhaps, or in you know whatever other borough. We love all the boroughs of New York City. Come to see Amy and I. We will be at Sex Expo. It's actually a free event that's at the Brooklyn Expo Center, September 21st and 22nd. It's free. And you can go to Sex Ed Workshop. Amy's actually teaching a class. Um, we are, there's a ton of good giveaways, freebies. They give, they gave away a trip to Mexico last year. Yeah. And it, all you had to do is get on stage and like, what was it? Dance or dance or contest yeah. or something. And then you get a, like a cruise to Mexico. I was like, what? And I'm an, I'm the MC, So I'm the masters of ceremonies. Meaning she's and awesome and very entertaining. Hot Octopus will have a booth. Uber Lube will have a booth. And we would love to see you. It's, it's a really, and it's a great event. Shameless sex. Well, Shameless Sex, of course, will yes. be there too. So yeah. come and see us people. And if you want tickets, you could go to the uh, website sexexpo.com. And again, I believe it's free. I think you just need to sign up. It's and free. If, and a lot of folks who go get lots of free stuff and you can meet us and and meet the some of the vendors from yeah. some of the most fantastic sex products mm-hmm. uh, in the world yeah is our next guest appearance is in new york we are excited april and i also just discovered that we're going to paris together uh, Paris. Buddy, we're going to germany as we do every year in early october during Oktoberfest, i think right but it's for a trade show and we decided you know we're going to be in europe we need to make the most out of it and we're going to go to paris for two days so romantic we'll from paris or we'll if you're not following us on our Instagram, go to our Instagram at Shameless Sex Podcast and you can see um, us doing par- Parisian things. I'll be in yoga pants. Just kidding, I won't. Uh-huh. <laughs> April will dress me in. You'll see, like, you can't dress like that to your pants. There we go. So, uh, this episode is with Amy Jo Goddard and we will be reading a bio in a little bit. Amy Jo is a phenomenal public speaker. I just bought her book on Audible. Oh, you already after, did? After our, after you really our, did right away. Well, just because she is amazing. so... She's... And for lack of a better word, she is one of the most empowering people I have encountered via video slash I haven't met her in person. I would love to. Uh, But she's just great. She just had so much 
beautiful information and the way she presents it. She's intellectual. Mm-hmm. She's she's um, got great delivery and she's a beautiful human. And empowerment is her specialty. Um, so this is all about sexual empowerment. Uh, she says it applies to everyone. Her retreats are um, called Women on Fire. Uh, so it's more so for folks who identify as women uh, and or non-binary that, or non-binary, but there's tools and information for everyone. This, I think this empowerment goes across the board. So stay tuned. We will dive in. Uh, this intro won't be too long. Don't you worry now. Also our friend Dana B Myers, who was a guest on our, our show, she did episode number one Oh four. And she's the author of the mommy mojo makeover. She's about to launch the satisfied mama. I think that is the name of the episode that we did with her actually. It's an online course. It has video classes, and it teaches busy moms to rediscover themselves, confidently reconnect their bodies, reignite the spark in their relationship. It has smart, actionable lessons and practices designed to make you feel more inspired as a mother and more empowered as a sensual woman. Dana's also offering a free live webinar. Did you hear that? Free, everyone. Uh, It's on Tuesday, September 10th at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And it's called How to Get Your Desire Back After Kids. It has all kinds of tools to get your desire back on track after kids and to give you clear strategies to end frustration and tension over mismatched drives with partners, etc. So you can go check it out. Again, it's free webinar. If you feel more connected, passionate, and alive, go sign up. Uh, You can go on our website and do the click-through link at Shamelessex.com, or you can go to Dana B. Myers, that's D A N A B M Y E R S dot com backslash shameless. Click through again, it's free. Uh, we have a lot of mom listeners. Can I add to yeah. that? My one of my really close friends who is an avid listener listened to that podcast and she said it was amazing. She's, and she's a mom and she's like, I love that podcast. Yeah. She said she wishes I was on it, but your, you know, your you friends, did a great job. I know it's always better with you and your friend's podcast called Postpartum Stories. Yeah, it was yeah. actually her. Um, I was gonna out her, but now she wouldn't oh, mind. Oops, yeah, postpartum. Sorry. No, I don't think she she never cares. She's like, thank you. But her podcast is she's got, I think, 29 episodes. Episodes now, and it's just you know, it's a total passion project for her, really. Yeah. So, um, if there's any moms out there, or any soon to be moms, or even even parents, it doesn't have to be necessarily a mom. Check out postpartum stories yeah. on iTunes, and um, there's some good tools out there. But she loved Dana's uh, Dana's, Dana's episode. She was like, Dana "Wow, that was stuff. incredible!" And everyone loves a free webinar, and podcasts are free too. So, postpartum stories, or uh, how to get your desire back after kids. Go check out the link on our website and learn more. And here's a sex question. It's also testimonial, and it, at the end, it has an interesting twist that. <laughs> I wasn't. It was unexpected. Amy shared it with me already, but you're yeah. all gonna love this. Well, so you, I don't think just you heard the whole thing listening. other than the interesting twist. I heard the interesting twist, but I, I can't wait for the all rest. Right. So are you all ready for an interesting <laughs> twist? I'm a 46 year old male and single. I was in one sexual relationship for three and a half years. It ended over a year ago, and at this point, I'm depressed for lack of intimacy, and also in the midst of a career change. Only I don't know what that will be. Kind of midlife crisis. For the last year, I have been depressed and anxious, and with the extra time on my hands, well, my hands have gone between my legs to wink. I have been masturbating a lot this past year, daily and twice a day sometimes. Basically, almost anything turns me on. I seek sex podcasts to hear women talk about sex, and I jerk while listening. I masturbate to your voices and discussions. Any advice or counsel? (laughs) So I just love... I just love this whole <laughs> share. Thank you. Slash, there is a question as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have I I have heard I haven't heard the masturbation piece of people listening to our voices, but a lot of folks have said that they've listened to us at night, or sometimes they will be 
you know, in a sexual experience with her partner and we're playing somehow on the, the back of... Uh, oh, they're listening to... Our voices are there or in their heads? In, I mean, in our voices, like, they'll have the podcast oh. turned on and maybe go to bed, but then they get turned on or and whatever. And our, our podcast turns them on or they turn themselves I on? I didn't really I, get clear on that information. I mean, I like that. I, I like the both ideas, actually. I, I like both ideas, it. too. Or people listening for, you know, advice on what to do in the, in the bedroom and uh, they get inspired. So I thank you for the share, listener, and... I wanted to let you know that uh, masturbation in whatever that looks like, as long as it's not getting in the way of your everyday, what you, what you need to accomplish. So it's not becoming a sort of addiction for you and it's not, obviously you're not harming anyone else in the process and everything's consensual. I say do it helps you feel good. And mm-hmm. I have, uh, I will shamelessly share with you that I know that I've used a vibrator. I think, I think in one day I masturbated with a, with, it was with a vibrator. It's not just my hand. I think it was 18 times. All one set long session or did you keep going back? It was like breakfast and then probably like 10 at first and then throughout the day. But I think I remember counting or I lost track after 16 or 17. I was like, I think it was around 18 times. So I still accomplish things. However, I just, for some reason was on a kick and it, and there have been other days where it's been four or five six times so um yeah i guess i don't have shame in it anymore i think it could feel if if you're getting if it's getting in the way of other things and you're choosing that rather than work or you connecting know with other parenting humans. or whatever it is yeah. then maybe that yeah connecting yeah. with other humans and maybe maybe you you could look into that a little bit more uh if it's helping you relax then or helping you just feel pleasure then i say continue on yeah we, said, we go said, ahead listen to our voices go ahead yeah we're totally fine with you wanking to our voices knock yourself out don't uh please don't like drive by us and wink in front of us that's not consensual uh, don't send us photos on instagram don't email us photos of your bits uh we, that's not consensual, that's not consensual either. either that's like a drive-by flashing but a passive aggressive version of it that um we don't love but we love that you masturbate to our voices. We're totally into it. It makes us feel special. <laughs> My dog humps me non- unconsensually on a regular. It's driving me crazy. Mm, yeah, super related. And he's angry. He's like, <laughs> no, I just, I, I had to share because it's not fair. I'm like, dude, stop it. He's a baby. That's what babies do. He's a baby that needs to get his balls chapped. Oh, see? And then he, well, that will change. We're not telling you to chop your balls no. either. But um, so, yeah, masturbating to our voices and discussions. Knock yourself out. Maybe you're masturbating as we speak. Um, that's totally fine. Uh, and as April said, you know, the advice of as long as your self-pleasuring practices aren't getting in the way of your daily life. I agree with that. To me, I'm seeing the parts about anxious, depressed. Um, they're ma- the ma- it just it seems to me and this is just my story that it's an escape for you. It's like a some sort of remedy for a deeper problem or maybe problems, not the word, but there's something, a deeper longing, right? There's depression and anxiety. There's some sort of inner, um, work that could be done. And that it sounds like the masturbation practice has become kind of the band aid or the escape to, to work with that. And I am just curious, um, what that work is for you. Is it, you know, is it working on being alone and finding comfort in that and just being and being in yourself? Is it self-love? Is it working through the heartache from the relationship that ended? Um, I'm just really curious as to what else is there. You know, when you have symptoms of, of uh, depression, anxiety, 
my and again I'm not an expert on this, but my understanding is that they're kind of showing you that there's deeper work there. There's something else that in you that's that's crying for attention, and we can feed those things with what seems helpful, like with masturbation, sex, attention from other people, food, drugs, alcohol. But they're all just temporary band aids and and not really actual solutions to the deeper work. So, um, my advice. Keep on self-pleasuring as long as it feels like it's not getting in the way. And maybe there is an opportunity for you to see what else is there and to go seek a therapist or some um, more supported support. Uh, I like that advice, Amy. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's really, that's genuine and it's it's great advice. So hopefully yeah. hopefully you're listening out there. And, and thank you for telling us that you're wanking to us. Um, I, I hope. Not everyone sends emails says they're winking to us now, but I don't know. I mean, I'd be okay with that. If we got like 80 emails all in a row that said I'm winking to you as we speak, I'd be okay with that as long as you're showing me your... So go ahead. Tell us how much you're winking to us. Just don't show us because we're not asking for that. There you go. Damn it. I just totally set us up to receive Probably. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to read the bio in a second, but first... So this podcast is made possible by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you or your man's family jewels. I'm personally a huge fan of a well-trimmed bush. That's why I recently gave my partner Manscaped's redesigned electric trimmer. It's a lawnmower 2.0, and he absolutely loved it. With its skin-safe technology, this trimmer won't nick or snag any nuts. Nobody likes a nick or snag nut. Manscaped also has a crop cleanser, a crop reviver, a.k.a. for your goods, and best of all, the crop preserver, a fabulous ball deodorant for anti-chafing, dripping with perspiration from a hot summer heat, going for a sweaty bike ride, getting clammy during an awkward first date perhaps. Manscaped's crop preserver will keep you fresh and dry just when you need it. And guess what? Our listeners get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code SHAMELESS. Your bits will thank you for it. And you know how we love your bits. And bio time and podcast time. I can't wait. I can't wait. Amy Jo Goddard is author of Women on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence, and co-author of the best-selling classic Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men, which she didn't... Oh, maybe she commented on it a little bit, but I have seen the cover of that book. She has been teaching and speaking about feminism and sexuality for over two decades with past offerings, including her TEDx talk, Owning Your Sexual Power, and was named one of Go Magazine's 100 Women to Love and one of Kinkley's 100 Sex Blogging Superheroes. To learn more about our offerings, including her Fire Women Retreat, which sounds fucking awesome, an annual sexual empowerment event with powerhouse teachers for women and non-binary folks, visit our website at shamelessex.com and then click through the link to go and discover more. Amy Jo is awesome. You are going to love this episode. Are you ready, Chip? Come on, baby, light my fire. everyone it is episode time as promised uh this episode is with amy joe goddard as you heard in the bio uh, I've met Amy Jo uh, in person multiple times. I actually took a uh, Tantra professionals training. It was Barbara Corellis's Tantra, Urban Tantra professionals training um, in, I think that was 2015. It's all blending in, maybe 14. Jeez. Um, and Amy Jo was there as well. And I was the Amy and Amy Jo was 
was the Amy Joe. And <laughs> that's how we knew who, who we both were. And it was it's a wonderful training. If you've never heard me speak about this in the podcast, uh, that's actually one of my favorite Tantra books is Urban Tantra by Barbara Corellis. I love how inclusive it is. Uh, if you want to learn more about Tantra, go check it out. They have it at purepleasureshop.com and our listeners get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSSEX. Um, but this episode is with Amy Jo, as I said, on sexual empowerment. Uh, Amy Jo is very, very skilled and passionate about helping uh, women in particular and all folks uh, benefit from this. So Amy Jo, can you start by telling our listeners about your journey? How did you get to where you are today? <laughs> that would take all day. No. Um, no, I mean, really, I came to the work through my own, you know, my own, you know, less than optimal experiences uh, growing up and, you know, growing into a sexual uh, functioning adult. Um, so, you know, going through sexual assaults, going through uh, unplanned pregnancies, pregnancy scares, not knowing anything about my body, not knowing how to orgasm, not, you know, just having zero resources, literally. Like I grew up in a military family um, with my dad as a single parent, which we moved a lot. I went to three different high schools. I literally got zero sex education. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I was just, you know, finding my way in the dark as most people do. And when I finally got some sex education in college, I was like, you know, like, why did I have to wait this long for this? This would have been so helpful five years ago. Um, so, so yeah, I got very activated, um, and really became a, a feminist activist, got very activated around the body, around, sexuality around reproductive justice we didn't call it that then but that's you know and um and that really just led me to wanting to do work that would empower women and girls and and finally one day I was like oh my god I want to do what my professors are doing like I want to help young kids not go through what I went through so that really became my number one mission and I did work with youth for like the first 12 years of my career I worked with youth um, and trained peer educators and worked in a lot of different scenarios. Um, but yeah, I focus on adults now because really adults are just former teenagers who didn't get the sex education they needed as teenagers. And then suddenly we're adults and we think we're supposed to know. So, yeah. And I, in empowerment, this is a, it's a pretty loaded word in general. It's thrown around quite a bit. And I think especially nowadays and um, when people ask about this podcast, like, what is your podcast about? It's called Shameless Sex. I'm um, like, it's it's a lot about sexual empowerment through many different ways. I mean, and we've never actually had, um, obviously, you, the, the, the uh, amazing Amy Jo Goddard on our show before um, talking about sexual empowerment. So it would be wonderful to hear kind of how you define sexual empowerment, and what that looks like. So our listeners can kind of know where it comes from. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was another word, you know, because I do feel like it's this like overused word at this point that kind of like eyes gloss over. But like there really isn't another word that that means that, you know, to I think to be empowered is is really to be in your own sexual agency. It is to it is to be in your full empowered choice like you're I guess I can't use the word to define it but yeah it's good English um <laughs> but you know in your power is yeah, yeah, your, yeah. Your, your your strength is what I what comes to mind when you say that 
Yeah, to feel, you know, I, I like the idea of sexual agency. Most people don't use those terms on a regular basis. They don't really know what that means, I think. Um, but yeah, to like be the agent of what happens for you sexually, um, of how you share your body, what you do with your body, how you have your pleasure, how you, you know, what gets you off, what, you know, all of that stuff, that that's all empowerment. But, you know, I wrote my my last book, really, the entire book is my definition of sexual empowerment. Um, it's called Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. And those nine elements to me are the, the elements of, of empowerment that are really needed when we're, if we want to have the full experience of our sexuality. And what, so in, in regards to the nine elements, what, I mean, we don't have forever to talk about this because this is just a little um, in, intro to this topic. But what are those steps, just like a Cliff Notes version of the, like a rundown of what those steps are to sexual empowerment that you've created? Yeah, I mean, and I call them elements because I don't feel like it's like steps kind of makes it seem linear or something. And I think like sexuality is very circuitous. And I, as I've worked with, you know, primarily women over the years, I, I've, I've heard a lot of overwhelm by the idea of, of, you know, how do I dive into sexuality? How do I, where do I begin? People are very, um, it, it's a very overwhelming prospect for people. And so I wanted to chunk it down so that there could be a lot of inroads into doing the work that, that we need. And I think you can start in any of them. So, you know, I, I refer to them as elements because really, and I tell people in the book, like if you, if you don't need voice, which is element one, and you really need desire and you want to jump to element five, jump to that chapter. Like you don't have to read it in order. I obviously had to put it in order because it's a book, but, um, but yeah, the, the first element is voice. I start there because every client I've ever worked with, there's always pieces around voice, you know, how, you know, and that's like the internal and the external voice. And, you know, how am I talking to myself about my body, my sexuality, my pleasure, my desire, all of those things. Um, and then how am I externalizing that in my relationships? Do I feel like I can ask for the things I want, that I can set the boundaries I need, that I can, you know, just talk about sexuality, period. Um, I would say like the number one thing women who come through my programs always say they get is that sex becomes easy to talk about. Um, you know, you're not going to talk about it over, you know, the course of, you know, the better, better part of a year regularly and not have that get easier, you know? So I love when they'll be like, you know, talking about sex is like talking about what I had for breakfast now. It's super, it's so, it's not a big deal anymore, you know? So, um, so I, I start with voice and, you know, and, and, um, the elements really came organically out of the work. I, I, I always want to say that it's not, it wasn't this like intellectual exercise, like, okay, I'm going to create the nine perfect steps mm -hmm. to, you know, to help every person, you know, it, it, it really was about thinking about the conversations I was having over and over with people. And I'm sure you've seen this in your work as well, both of you. Um, there's just certain things that come up for everyone, because, you know, some of it is because of, culturally some of it is related to the roles we're taught to play um some of it's just you know just human mm -hmm. so so yeah voice the second element is release and that's really about like what what am i making room for what do i need to release in order to to make room for who 
I want to be and what the experiences that I want to have, um, the sexuality that I want to be living in myself. Um, and there's a lot of things to release, everything from trauma to shame to guilt to um, ideas you have about your sexuality to relationships, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things to release. Um, the third is emotion. You know, how do I show up as emotionally powerful? That's the longest chapter in the book. Um, and there's so much more I could write about. So that's probably a book just in and of itself. Um, but that emotional work uh, is is integral to everything else. Um, how, how am I showing up? How am I armoring myself? How am I, um, how am I, you know, standing on my own two feet and really owning my feelings and, you know, expressing them? Um, you know, so there's a lot of skills development around that piece for sure. And um, so yeah, body, obviously huge part of sexual empowerment, you know, and I think again, both kind of like critiquing the ideas we're given about our bodies and then just real knowledge, you know, when I didn't know how to have an orgasm and was having sex for many years and not orgasming, which many women have had that experience. Um, you know, there was just a, there was just, it was just plain ignorance. I just, truly didn't have the information. I didn't understand my body. I'm sure you see this all the time in, mm-hmm. in the shop and around sex toys and things. It's like our listeners too. And we get these emails all the time from listeners that are feeling and they've never been connected to their bodies or disconnected their bodies are, um, you know, in a heterosexual relationship and aren't, aren't having orgasms. So yeah, we, we hear this and see this all the time. Yeah. And I think that also for a lot of people who are on like a spiritual path, I think there's this disconnect that happens too, um, that I think we can owe, we owe to this idea of, you know, that we're somehow we're supposed to transcend the body, you know, that it, that it's more exalted somehow to be spiritual and not to be in our physical bodies. And I just completely call bullshit on that as someone that is also a very spiritual person. Um, I think that, I think that we were put on this planet to like really understand what it is to be human. Mm -hmm. And the most spiritual thing you can do is to really live in your human body and, and love your human body and know what it is to be in a human body and to experience the pleasure that your human body gets to experience. You know, to me, that is a spiritual journey. It's a super powerful spiritual journey. So, and part of that one thing that comes to my shoe is also you say experience the pleasure, but and then I guess that's number three was the emotional piece is also experiencing like the the pain and the discomfort and all of that too. I would imagine that's a hard one for a lot of folks to overcome, or I guess embrace is a better word. Um, that you know that that's that is part of the path too is to embrace the, you know the heartache or the you know the physical ailments and, and challenges and difficulties and um, you mm-hmm. know, life is not designed to always be a smooth ride. I wanted to touch on when you talked about the body, because as you mentioned, I don't know if we were recording. Yeah, I think we were. Um, You had no sexual education growing up. You were um, in part of a military family. I feel like that is the case. My partner has a a almost 15-year-old daughter, and she had a few friends over last night. And I felt compelled to talk to them because I know that some of them are having sex. There's a lot of things happening. And I was like, hey, can I offer you all advice? Because they get so uncomfortable talking about sex. And I said, look, like the one thing that I've learned in my journey is to discover yourself. And they all are like, ew, masturbate. I'm like, look, discover yourself, communicate, but also don't ever. And we've talked about this in our podcast. 
make sure that your body isn't the apology for something. Your body is, is, is party. It's, it's, and it's difficult with young women. And I know we're focused on adults on this specific episode. I was just, it just came up for me because it's so important, especially when children or teenagers are going through this really uh, different time. They're, they're, you know, puberty and, and all of it. It's like, you got to understand your body. You have to. And hopefully there's not trauma. At some point there might be, but maybe you'll have the tools if we start now to help you uh, not avoid it, but accept it and, and, and move through it. So it's really important. I wonder if this book would be, is it good for uh, even teenagers to read? Oh, I would love for teenagers to read it. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had people say I'm giving this to my my teenager. And I also think it's a great book for, for people of all genders, you know? I mean, I wrote it, I called it Women on Fire because it really was based on the work I've done with women. And I do talk about the socialization of women, um, you know? But when I recorded the audio book, my audio engineer was a like a surfer guy in Los Angeles. And, you know, we sat in a booth together for four days. And at the end of the four days, he was like, man... I learned so much. This was like really good to do this with you, you know, which I love, you know, so, so, um, so yeah, don't let the title fool you, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I tell, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of personal stories. There's client stories in there. Their stories are beautiful. It's like my favorite part of the book. Um, you know, and then it's also just really practical. There's a lot of exercises and a lot of things. Um, it's really a, a process, you know, so it's a book people can go back to and, um, you know, to keep them active. I love when therapists and coaches work with, with their clients, use the book to work with their clients. There's a lot of really great things in there to, that are helpful. And we did four, four elements for a body. What's, what's the fifth element? Desire. Desire. Ooh, that's a good one. Desire is, is the hump element. Um, and, and I was going to say, it seems, it seems like, be, as you said, it's not linear, but it seems like these other pieces are pretty important to work on before you go into the desire pieces right the emotional and the body and all that is is that that seems like it doesn't have to be linear but that's probably the angle that you came from yeah I mean it just was the order that that seemed to make sense but um yeah I mean desire is hands down the thing that people come to me with the most struggle around I don't know if you see that but I mean certainly the body as well um it's all related you know these are not like you know, independent <laughs> variables, um, you know, desire, people have so many things around desire, women in particular. I think, I think it's, you know, it's everything from, you know, I've never had desire. What's wrong with me? Uh, I used to have it and I don't have it anymore. I'm in a long-term relationship and the desire has waned. Me and my partner desire different things. What do we do? Um, you know, it just, it runs the gamut. I think, you know, people feeling like, you know, you know, I'm going through menopause and, and, uh, there's changes that are happening around desire. So, um, so I think like people are in just a lot of pain around desire. Um, and, you know, I think there's just a lot of misunderstanding about how desire works. And, um, you know, we, we see such a, in the culture, right, in, in movies and books and things, we we see such a very particular um, model of sexual desire presented all the time, and it's the same story over and over. It's like, you know, 
the sexy person walks in the room. They see each other from across the room. Like they immediately have total desire for each other, you know, cut to, you know, naked in a bed. (laughs) Even when they're married five years later, that still happens. Right. Like, like mutual orgasm that's like, you know, earth shattering, chandelier hanging, you know, uh, you know, world rocking orgasm and you know then there's world peace um <laughs> you know, usually the story doesn't end that way but that would be better That'd be nice. <laughs> I, would, I would want to watch that movie read that book i know right? but you know it, it's sort of this idea of spontaneous desire and that we just like we just immediately are turned on that we're immediately at the ready um that it's just about like that right sexy person showing up mm-hmm. and i think that story just does us such a disservice mm-hmm. um, because now people think that desire is supposed to look like that. And when it doesn't, we, you know, and then we have this whole, you know, um, pathological model around sexuality that we're getting fed all the time as well. And so then people think that there's something seriously wrong with them. And but, but I, but I, I, I learned about that from you years ago. And I know I, I don't forget who you quoted when I learned about that from you, but the spontaneous uh, versus responsive, it's responsive, right? Is the other yeah. term. And you were the first person I heard years ago to speak on that. And I've, um, it's, and I've seen that with people that I've worked with or, you know, with our podcast, how life-changing that has, be, has been for them to hear, you know, that, oh, I am normal, that just because, you know, my partner takes their clothes off and we've been together for X amount of time and I don't feel that same old, you know, juicy excitement that I did a while ago. I'm not broken, um, that there's a lot more going on there. So I just wanted to give you some credit for that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Emily Nagoski also talks about that in her book, Come As You Are. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, most of us, so responsive desire is about like, I'm responding to something, right? Spontaneous desire is this idea of like, and I think it's a very male model, right? And it, it's based on like, oh, you know, swing, I have a I have a heart on, I'm ready to go, yay, spontaneous, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of um, female partners of male partners, uh, that was awkward, um, <laughs> heterosexual women. Yeah, yeah. Um, vulva owners, penis owners. I think a lot of times, you know, I've run into women who don't like sex, you know, or think they don't like sex, and I think a lot of times we think we don't like sex because of how we're doing it. Um, so it's like, oh my God, there's a hard on, we have to do something about the hard on, you know, because then there can be all this like issue around like getting erections and, you know, whatever it leads us down many rabbit holes, but, uh, you know, this idea that, um, that I just have to be ready because my partner's ready. Well, a lot of times we're not, and it doesn't feel good. So it's not that we don't like sex. It's just that we're not getting what we need so that our body feels really ready for the kind of sex our partner wants to have. Um, but you know, the responsive desire piece is really about I'm 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 responding to something, and that could be everything from, you know, you touched me just in the right way, or we made out, and that was super sexy and hot, and now I'm you know I I feel more like open and desirous, or it could be like you know you rubbed my shoulders while I was doing the dishes, or it might be you cooked dinner and you did the dishes and put everything away, and I didn't have to do anything, and wow, that's really freaking hot I want to jump your bones you know like like we respond to different things and so it's figuring out like what are the things that you are responsive to and working with your partner to create more of that in your relationship Mm -hmm. 
that your partner's not a mind reader. They have to, you have to kind of tell them sometimes what you are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes, you definitely need to tell them. <laughs> it's helpful to know, to know a little more of what you're looking for and also to be <laughs> present for each moment to know that that's always changing too, right? What you exactly. what was on the menu yesterday might be off the menu today. Yeah, completely. You know, and I think, yeah, I think, I think that, you know, I see in, in a lot of women, like this idea of like, there's a lot of shutdown that happens because it's, it's like, well, if I let you do that, like if I let you be affectionate with me, or if I snuggle up to you, then I feel like, then that means we're going to have sex later, or we're going to have intercourse, or we're going to, or some other thing is then expected of me. You know, I think if we just can remove all the assumptions and understand that sex is always a negotiation, that regardless of how many times you've done it, like there's always something to like put on the table <laughs> to co-create together and figure out what everybody is up for. If, if we approach it that way, people would be having a lot better sex and a lot fewer misunderstandings. Okay, y'all, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by some of our favorite things. Uber Lube is one of them. It's a luxurious lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. Seriously? There are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uber Lube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. Amy, I know you love Uber Lube too. What do you love? I love Uber Lube because it has no flavor, no scent, and it feels absolutely amazing on my body. In fact, I want it everywhere. I even use it in my hair, for my hair frizzies, for massage, and it can also prevent chafing. Oh, and the bottle is gorgeous. It's discreet and looks like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, go check out uberlube.com. Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, code SHAMELESSSEX and 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that helps you add more sexy things to your menu. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. Amy, tell us why you love OMGS. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it has changed their lives. Whether you're already having good orgasms and want to have even better orgasms, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime or even learn how to pleasure someone else's vulva, OMGS will have something for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD that money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless and our listeners get $5 off. That's omgs.com backslash shameless. You get $5 off. Go check it out now and back to the show. Okay, so that's five of them? Yeah, so six is permission. So permission is, you know, like, what do I need to give myself permission for in terms of who I am as a sexual person, what I do, what I'm attracted to, who I'm attracted to, who I partner with, um, you know, what kinds of things I allow myself to explore, all of that. 
um, I really, you know, I often will say to people, I feel like my job in the world really is that I'm a permission giver, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not because people need it from me, just, they just need it. We just need it. <laughs> we all need more permission to be more of who we are. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the goal is for each of us to learn to give ourselves that permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a whole lot of pieces around like how permission shows up in relationships, even just what we were just talking about, right? It's like giving your partner like permission around here's things that I like, you know, or, or like here's a future permission. You know, I would love it if when you come home sometime, you would just throw me up against the wall and, and do me right. Or whatever. Like, um, I think it's allowing, you know, like creating uh, parameters so that you can have better play. I think that's what a lot of us want. And so the more we understand what the playground is, um, which is the next element, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, play, right? The more we understand what that playground is and the more we've incorporated that permission giving and we've done the sexual negotiation and, you know, gotten on the same page with desire, like, that's how we get to have like the juiciest fun. Um, I think a lot of adults really have forgotten how to play. I mean, I know I've had to reteach myself in in my life, you know, how to, how to play, like getting like having a very serious upbringing with military dad and being the oldest child and having a lot of responsibility. Like I got really serious, really young. And so I think for a lot of us, we had that in some way, or we really had play squashed out of us, you know, it's like, it wasn't cool anymore at one point. You'd be the adding the play part. It was you know, a lot of folks feel like they when especially their later teenagers, they have to be more serious or college years or something and right. leave that part behind. Right. Yeah. And yeah, time to grow up now. And right. and then they're, you know, forty and they're like, Oh, I forgot how to play entirely. I missed that part. And I realized there's a liveness in it. And I still do have a little kid inside of me at times. And and then playing in the bedroom. That's why yeah. I love that one. We all need that. And I think I mean, I think really like hang out with animals and children mm. because animals and children know how to play. Yeah. You know, I came home, I'm staying with a friend of mine. She's got two dogs and I came home today and one of the dogs met me at the door with, with his little toy in his oh. mouth and it was just the cutest thing. I'm just like, you're just like ready to play. I love it. You know, so they're good for reminding us. Um, like play is for play's sake. Mm-hmm. Play doesn't. I mean, sometimes play, you're like you're playing a game. Okay, sometimes it has a, and like there's an end goal or something, but, but really play gets to be for play's sake. Mm-hmm. And we don't do enough things in life like that. Mm-hmm. Like everything always has like an outcome we're shooting for. And, you know, I think we need more of that freedom. So, so yeah. And then the, the last two elements are probably two of my favorites, you know, home. Um, home is, is the, the eighth element. And to me that really encapsulates all the others. It's really about like, what does it mean to be at home in yourself mm-hmm. and to take full responsibility for yourself, to be able to express your needs, to not leave yourself in relationship. I think most people, the way they exist in relationships is that they're abandoning their self, themselves all the time. They're going outside of themselves to the other to control them or to people please them um, or to keep the peace or, you know, whatever the role is. But they're, you know, we, we learn to abandon ourselves. And we learn that through the abandonments we go through when we're growing up. And most of us have experienced that on some level. So, so what does it really mean to come to a relationship from a place of home as opposed to 
this like, I need to go over here and get the validation or the love I need or the controlling, whatever. Um, so, so to me, that's, that's really like the beauty in the work is, is the homecoming. And, um, and that leads us to fire. So fire, fire is the final element, which is the juice, right? It's the juice. It's the energy. It's the sexual energy. It's, it's the fuel that we use for everything that we create in our lives, not just sex. So, um, you know, we have that well of sexual energy in us. The more we nurture that well um, and build that energy, the more we have to create things in our lives. And my belief is that we're all here to create. We are creative beings. And so whether we're creating family and community, whether we're creating art and music or writing or dance or, you know, projects, you know, business, whatever it is that we're creating, we're all here to create something. And um, I think that, you know, I've seen over the years that, you know, when I ask people what, when they feel most at home in themselves, like when they lose track of time, like what's on their pleasure list, you know, that's like so juicy that like they don't even think about time. Always it's, it's something creative always that's on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so we need that. And, um, and I think a lot of us are used to tamping that energy down or trying to control that energy or kind of like pushing it to the side uh, or feeling like there's something that's not okay about it and how it wants to express itself. And so we don't let it come out. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of ways we block our, our own energy mm-hmm. and the way other people will do that as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that to me, it's, it's, that's the juice. <laughs> Why do you think it's so important for women to be working and healing together right now? Like what is the, the, kind of the, the juice of that in your opinion? Uh, I love that question. You know, I, I mean, I do so much work in, in groups, you know, my firewoman retreat I do in the fall um, is, is a bigger event I do each year. And what I have really seen. And I think especially in the last couple of years is that like, it's not enough to just do our individual healing. Like there's also a collective healing that we need to be doing. And I think like we, we have to be holding both or we're doing a disservice to, to the whole, you know, (laughs) to, to what we're trying, you know, hopefully trying to accomplish in sexual liberation in the world Um, and just liberation of all beings. Um, you know, there are, there are things we experience collectively. There, there are things that different groups experience collectively, depending, um, what our background is and what kinds of discrimination or what kinds of limitations we may face in, you know, the place in which we live and, uh, or the culture that, you know, has some kind of like say over how we get to exist in the world. So, you know, I think we have to be addressing those collective pieces. And, you know, I think the collective pain that came out um, in Me Too made it really, really clear that there are some immense things that we need to be addressing, that this isn't like, oh, these different individuals have had sexual abuse, you know, like this is a much bigger picture. You know, this is, you know, and, and I think that we also do carry, you know, there's lots of evidence now, right? We carry trauma, we carry it um, generational, generation to generation, we carry it in ourselves and our DNA. So doing that work in isolation, how is that going to solve anything? You know, that's, that, that can, I think a lot of times that's a bandaid and that's not to say we don't need some of the individual work we do, but I think we need it in conjunction with the, with that greater whole. Mm 
Can you tell, because you mentioned your Fire Woman Retreat, and uh, I would love for our listeners to learn more about that. Can you tell us uh, what that looks like? Is that something that anyone can participate in? Thank you. Yeah, it's for women and people who are non-binary, who were um, identified female at birth. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I really took, you know, I've been teaching my sexual empowerment work for the last 10 years um, in an, a pretty intensive program over, you know, for a long time, I did it over nine months, I do it over six months now, um, because I took the first weekend of that retreat, and I just, uh, of that program, and I made it a retreat that everyone could come to, even if they weren't in the program. Um, so it's, it's a combination of that collective healing and individual work, um, education, sacred theater. We do some really fantastical, beautiful things at night uh, for our, our evening events. Um, there's a lot of play. There's a lot of ritual. And so for me, it's like all the things I love in one weekend. Um, so yeah, we do an erotic carnival where people can, can learn different erotic skills from different teachers, which is really amazing. There's not a lot of environments where you can just go and practice a thing and learn a thing where it's not a sexual situation, where there's not a partner wanting something from you, where you just get to, to make your own adventure and go learn different skills from different teachers. And so there's a whole gamut of skills and there's something for everybody there. If you want to learn lap dancing, you go over here and learn it from this teacher. If you want to learn how to work a yoni, you go over here. You want to learn how to work a cock, you go over here. You want to learn how to spank, you go over there. So, you know, it's just like there's a whole range, you know, there's been ritual pieces, there's been like erotic poetry writing. I mean, we've just had such a, a, a range. Um, yeah, and then I do a sexual archetype ritual where we, you know, that's for me like that, like looking at the cultural influences of like how have I been influenced by ideas of sexuality in our culture? Um, and there's so many archetypes and I could include so many and I have to limit it because, you know, we'd be there forever. But, um, but yeah, we look at 12 different archetypes and um, I have real women come in and play the archetypes and then, then the participants of the retreat get to interface and interact with them as a way of learning something about themselves and where that archetype lives in them or where they've been repulsed by that archetype. And maybe there's something there for them to learn. Like there's a lot of different pieces to it and it's, it's so rich and I've done it, you know, 10 or 11 times over the last 10 years. And it's just, it's different every time because I have different actors every time and different people bring different things. So, um, so yeah, so I love that, that like bringing in more of the, the real, um, like somatic experience um, where it's not just we're talking about sexuality and processing things. That's, that's a piece that is important, but there's, there's all these other ways we get to experience it. When is the retreat? It's the last week in September. It's in San Diego. It's September 27th through 29th. Mm -hmm. And you all are invited. Everyone, (laughs) each and everyone. Yeah. If you go to our website we have a click through link to learn more about the retreat and so the retreat this this is this retreats in person you do online offerings as well correct I do yeah I teach the nine elements in an 11 month program mm-hmm. um so yeah I get to work with people all over the world which I love um again women and non-binary folks um 
Yeah, thank you. To, thank you to the internet and technology. It's it's awesome. But my for me, of course, what I love most is getting to be in person with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been running that program since my book came since before my book came out. Actually, I got to test some of the material that way. Um, and it's a wonderful program. I've had a lot of people come through that program and I'm running it always all the time. So people can come in when they're ready to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone go and check it out. Amy Jo's book, women on fire, nine elements to wake up your erotic energy, personal power and sexual intelligence. Go to our website, click through the link. You can check out the fire women retreat. I love that name, by the way, fire women. That's awesome. That's how I feel right now. It's pretty hot right now. We're like sweating. <laughs> like not, not like this, not like the um, internally, I might just skin's too hot, fire women, <laughs> different kind. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us. I know we probably could have talked about so much more. You have an entire book on it. You have an entire weekend. Is it two days or how long is the, the retreat? Three day. Three day retreat. Yeah. And, and I just love the, you know, the part that you said too about how important it is for the experiential process. April and I are both really heady people. And so whenever we, you know, for, for us, at least I speak for myself, when I go to a workshop and it's experiential, it's edgy for me because it's not my default. And that's where I learn. Like I need that push to learn uh, because if it's all lecture, I'm like, oh, I'm really comfortable with this because that's normal right. for my, my brain. But when I get pushed for the experiential practices, and I also love that you said, about people practicing with other folks that they're not trying to take anything or get anything from you and how valuable that is. Um, Because I know sometimes when we try to practice these things with our partner, there's still this idea that I need to give to you or there's a lot more attached to it. Uh, So it sounds like such a wonderful, rich opportunity for people to, um, to go and to to really have the, the somatic experience of connection and shift and expansiveness. So really, really value the work that you do and, um, and for you taking the time to share that with our listeners. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, you can learn a certain amount of things in, in a book and, you know, please do read my book if, if you feel uh, motivated to. And, you know, and then there's just, yeah, there's a whole other thing that happens when we just engage our bodies. And, you know, and I think, I think you hit it on the head. It's like, when we get too comfortable with our learning, then that's a sign we need to shake it up. And we actually need to do something a little bit different um, in order to really move to the next, to the next phase for ourselves or to open something new up. And you mentioned your book's on Audible and you're reading it, right? In your own voice? In your own voice? If you want to listen to me talk for 11 hours, you too. I, I love Audible. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to buy that. Actually, I'm looking for a new, a new read. So I would absolutely love to... I love se- the sexual intelligence piece. And I think this can also help me talk to my partner's kid and her friends. So I think that's, that's a, a huge part of it because I do want to be some sort of... I want to give her good guidance and not just um, the same old thing that she will learn in sex ed at school. So Amy Jo, this was really lucky to have you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This was amazing. And and you were such an inspiration to, I know to me, I can probably say to Amy as well. And, and um, thank you for, for taking the time to be on this show. And I'm sure our listeners uh, are absolutely going to love this. So uh, we love our listeners too. And we want to thank you all for being part of the shameless sex revolution. And yeah, y'all give us five stars on, on uh, iTunes. Take it, take a minute. Just take a minute. You can just say five stars. Awesome. If you want, but it just helps more folks 
find us. Uh, and also, if you haven't tried, mar- tried Margins Wine, uh, go to MarginsWine.com. It's locally made here in Santa Cruz by an amazing uh, vintner named Megan Bell, who is just awesome. Women made and tastes awesome. Amy and I have been a huge fan now for two years, so you should see why. Go to MarginsWine.com. All right, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday for another episode. Ciao for meow. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.